you can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. I hope you've been enjoying our special guest readings this month. Today is the last episode before Halloween. And we are thrilled and honored to have Tanana Reeve Du read a story for us later in the episode. I'm a huge fan of Miss Du. Along with her many accomplishments as an award-winning author, such as The Good House, a novel, and her African Immortal series beginning with My Soul to Keep, she's a film historian with amazing discussions online on a variety of horror topics, including a segment released by the new Candyman movie. She's an executive producer of Horror Noir, a history of Black horror, and currently teaches Black horror at UCLA. If you're listening, then you're one of those people who love a good scare. And that means Halloween is your time of year. It's ours, too. We get a thrill from losing our breath as our blood pumps extra fast through our veins. We delight in stories of witchcraft, fairies, and other mythical folklore, Knowing, praying deep down that the tales we hear may be real. But the reality is, when we're faced with these things in real life, that good scare may scare us to death. First, fairy tale wishes haunt your days, followed by Dante's hellfire. Then, it's the little things that can kill you. Finally, in our featured story, no matter where you hide, horror will find you. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast. 
along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Scared to death. Be careful what you wish for. The reality of the situation you want is often disappointing and can go from fantasy to nightmare in an instant. Like in this story written by Diablo Guapo and Belle Labette. Darlene was enamored with romantic stories of fairies. She'd read everything about leprechauns, pixies, and elves. If it had pointy ears or dainty wings, chances were she knew all about it. Despite her obsession, her granny always told her, Beware, child. Never trust the fae. These tiny, dark fairy folk bring all manner of mischief to you. But at least then she'd have a friend and some excitement, Darlene thought. Her family had just moved to a town outside of Liverpool, and it was difficult to meet people. That was until she was sat in the library, reading a book about goblins, and a teen sat down next to her with a text about realism and fairy tales. Swallowing her shyness, Darlene asked her about the book, and Vashti told her she loved researching folklore. The teens clicked, and before long were sharing stories about woodland wonders. One day after school, Vashti took Darlene aside and told her a secret. She knew where they could find real fairies. Darlene felt her face becoming hot. She didn't like being mocked. But Vashti insisted she was serious. They agreed to meet at the edge of the woods at sundown. There, Vashti would prove she was telling the truth. Darlene was skeptical, but the idea of seeing real fae folk was too tantalizing. That night, she snuck out of her house. She met at the rendezvous point. Vashti was nowhere to be found. She started to suspect that her so-called friend really was poking fun at her. Just as she was about to leave, she heard her name called from the forest and spotted Vashti beckoning her. She followed without question, curious and excited. They must have walked for nearly an hour when Vashti stopped and pointed to the ground. There was a circle of mushrooms. Cross through that fairy ring and then you'll see, her friend claimed. Darlene rolled her eyes. Of course, she knew about fairy rings and they were nothing more than a circle of mushrooms. But she decided to humor Vashti and followed the teen across the ring. At first, Darlene didn't see anything, but Vashti held out her hands and they were instantly surrounded by tiny glowing beings who floated down on gossamer wings. They gently flitted to and fro, giggling and landing on their shoulders. Darlene cooed in wonderment as a teeny fairy elegantly lighted upon her palm. 
Vashti admitted to finding them a long time ago, and next time, she would bring her to their queen. But Darlene must promise to never tell anyone. That night, she could barely sleep. Darlene wished she could tell everyone. The following evening, the teens met at the same spot as before. Vashti led Darlene through a heavy wall of trees, the woods growing darker and darker, with just a light shining ahead. Darlene's heart leapt with anticipation. Finally, they reached a magnificent grove. The queen stood on the other side of a pristine pond, a path of polished stepping stones dotting the surface. She was wreathed with tiny fairy subjects, sparkling an array of golds and pinks and greens. She herself sparkled bright with silver speckles. She was the most beautiful thing Darlene could imagine. The warm lights of these wonderful little beings danced in circles around her. As she turned to thank her friend, she saw that Vashti was gone. As Darlene looked around for her, she noticed the pond had suddenly filled with duckweed and the queen of fairies herself had also vanished without a trace. Even the little fairy subjects flickered into little balls of blue flames, giggling and whispering to one another. Darlene recognized them from her storybooks as will-o'-wisps. Their blue glow cast an eerie, cold light upon the grove, the shadows stretching. Standing alone, Darlene was filled with a feeling of inescapable dread. She took another step on the stones before a gnarled hand shot up from the duckweeds and grabbed her ankle. She shrieked as the hand dragged her into the water. Cold water filled her lungs, and just as she began to choke, the hand let go, and she raced back to the surface. Sputtering out water, Darlene was trying to catch her breath when her shoulders were gripped by claw-like fingernails. She was in the clutches of a skeletal hag with putrid green skin. As it drew her closer, she could see its lips pull back into a sharp-toothed grin, its long hair dripping cold water onto her face. As it held her closer, its rank breath filled her with nausea. Darling cried out in terror, She thought fairies were good and kind and gentle. The hag threw back its head as it cackled. (laughs) Good. Do you mistake me for Seely, a blessed being? Stupid child, I'm the Unseely, unholy and harbinger of doom. It gestured a bony hand to a collection of will-o'-wisps, lingering above like scavenging vultures. The unseely delight in bringing mortals torment and suffering. They're easy to trick with ignorant beliefs and tinkerbells and fairy tales. Makes it easier for them to lure in gullible humans. Darlene and the hag, formerly known as Vashti, began to sink beneath the duckweed-covered surface, and the poor young teen suspected it would be for good this time. Before Darlene was dragged completely beneath the murky water, she could hear her wicked captor sneer. 
foolish mortal. Never trust the Fae. Thank you so much, Diablo Guapo and Bella Bet, for this wonderful and horrific Fae story. How about you, listener? How would you be able to tell if someone is really a new friend or Fae? Have you ever had a spiritual experience you thought would be wonderful, but turn terrible quickly? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Grief can often be all-consuming, leaving us feeling hollow and desperate. Sometimes those we think are here to help us are actually here to prey on us. Like in this story inspired by Krish. After Rosanna's son, Jose, tragically drowned last year, she was struck with grief and had lost the feeling of love and excitement in her life. She was depressed and numb, walking through life like a zombie. As time went on, Rosanna joined a support group for those who had lost their children. Hoping that being surrounded by other grieving parents would help ease her own pain, she was disappointed when it didn't seem to work for her. After deciding that she would attend one last group meeting, she met someone new and was instantly drawn to him. His name was Stephen, and he had lost his 15-year-old daughter, Karina, in a car accident. He was the only parent in the group that had a sense of hope and optimism, seeming lighter than the rest of them. At the end of the meeting, Rosanna approached Stephen and asked him how he managed to be hopeful during such a dark time. Stephen responded by telling her that he had discovered a spiritual outlet that helped him harness his grief. Intrigued, Rosanna asked if he would be willing to share this newfound spiritual practice. He told her to come to his house tomorrow and he would share with her everything he had learned. The next day, with a newfound hope, Rosanna made her way to Stephen's house. She rang the doorbell, and as Stephen answered, she was hit with the smell of burning. Upon entering Stephen's home, she noticed that his house was covered in pictures of his daughter, Karina, and it felt like a giant shrine. Something about Karina's face gave Rosanna chills. She was a beautiful little red-haired girl, but her eyes were almost black, 
like a shark. The kindness that Stephen had spoken of about his daughter was not evident in these photos. However, Rosanna tried to ignore her gut feeling as Stephen led her into the kitchen where the burning smell was coming from. On the table was a pentagram carved into the wood and in the center of it was a tiny fire. Stephen then grabbed from his cupboard a live pigeon in a cage and set it on the table by the fire. He explained to Rosanna that he was a member of the Dark Angel Society and that they perform rituals to connect with the spirit world and to give loved ones a few hours with their dead relatives. Rosanna was scared and anxious, but she was desperate for some relief and was willing to try anything. Stephen instructed Rosanna to cut open the pigeon's neck and stick it in the fire. He said it was the only way for her to bring back her son, Jose, even if it was only for a few hours. Rosanna nodded obediently, and as she cut the pigeon's neck, blood splattered all over her. She was immediately overcome with a sense of love. Standing in front of her was Jose. He was soaking wet, still wearing the clothes he had drowned in. Stephen mentioned that the countdown to her time when Jose started now and to cherish every moment. He then retreated and closed the door behind him. Rosanna ran up to Jose and hugged him as tightly as she could, whispering, I love you to the moon and back. Something she had always said to him every night before bed. Jose said nothing. Instead, he asked his mom to cook him his favorite meal. As she turned to look in the cupboards, she felt a sharp pain in her back. When she spun around, there was Jose with a bloody kitchen knife in his hand. Before she could ask why, she fell to the floor and started to fade in and out of consciousness as she bled out. Jose stood over her, and as he drew closer, his face began to morph into what looked like a young girl with red hair and shark eyes. Rosanna couldn't believe it. Jose was never here. It was always Karina. As Rosanna took her final breath, Stephen and Karina approached and thanked her for being their sacrifice. Now, they would be able to spend eternity together. Thank you so much, Krish, for inspiring this resurrection tale for us. Children aren't supposed to be creepy, although we do know our fair share of ones that are, don't we? Is there anything unusual that everyone else likes that you find to be creepy? How far would you go to be with a lost loved one? My name is Tanana Reed Du. I'm an author and an educator, and I'm reading Grief with Goblins. Goblins are in no way harmless woodland creatures. They are malicious and malevolent, stealing treasure and sometimes lives. Encountering one can have deadly consequences or even drive you to insanity, like in this story, inspired by Anda. 
After Anda's brother Kofi disappeared, vanishing without a trace, her parents were devastated. Police believed Kofi ran away, but Anda knew that her brother had been kidnapped by goblins. Anda had witnessed the brutal attack and kidnapping. She was only 13 years old at the time when she saw a group of terrifying small beings swarm Kofi. They slashed his face with their claws, tied him down with rope, and dragged him into their world. The last she saw of her brother, he was begging for his life as the goblins laughed in glee. She drew pictures of what the creepy creatures that kidnapped her brother looked like, sketching out small, bulbous figures with blood-red eyes, wrinkled skin, and razor-sharp teeth. Anna put her sketches all around her neighborhood, but no one believed her, and most thought she had created the creatures to deal with the trauma. One night, desperate to find her brother, Anna performed a ritual she had discovered online, meant to locate lost children. As she closed her eyes tightly, she felt the air in the room begin to shift and heard a strange noise from behind her. She spun around to catch the sight of little bodies racing into the next room, accompanied by a horrific screeching sound like an animal in pain. Rushing into the room, Anda felt her stomach drop. There were several of the ghastly goblins all plunging minuscule yet razor-sharp knives into her pet bunny. Bonkers. The last thing she heard before she let out a blood-curdling scream was the dying, gurgling breath of bonkers and the triumphant cheers of its killers. The next day, she frantically tried to explain that it wasn't her who killed bonkers, it was the creatures that stole Kofi. But her parents were concerned by their daughter's bizarre beliefs and challenging behavior. They wanted to help her and felt they'd exhausted all that they were able to offer. It was time to see the professionals and get her the support system she needed. One year of excellent therapy later, Anda still believed that Kofi's disappearance was due to goblins. However, she'd gotten really good at telling the doctors and her parents what they needed to hear, that fairy tales and goblins weren't real. It was enough to placate them and free her from their well-meaning but suffocating care. One day, as Anda was walking home, she passed by a metaphysical bookstore. The place was filled with crystals, charms, and other mystical relics. She stumbled upon a book in the back of the store that read, Nature Spirits, How to Connect with Woodland Folk. She read a passage that explained that when a goblin steals something from you or kidnaps someone, the only way to get it back is to make a trade with them. That evening, Anda decided she would trade herself for her brother. She lit some candles, surrounded herself with sweets and candles in the hopes to entice the creatures. She then whispered the spell and waited for contact. Suddenly, a sharp pain twisted into her back. As she bent to reach around to touch what had caused the pain, a giggle emanated from the corner of her room. Before she could react, a pocket-sized terror sliced into her leg, causing blood to gush out of the wound. As the pain registered, she looked down at her leg to see a different goblin was holding the gash, trying to stop the bleeding. This one looked familiar, and I couldn't believe her eyes. Wondering if for just a moment if she was hallucinating, 
although she hadn't lost that much blood. The small helper trying to stem the flow from her leg was Kofi. Her brother was alive, but he was now a goblin. How could this be? He looked at her sadly and told her this was a trap. These goblins were never going to accept a trade. Before Anda could process any of this, a red-eyed, wrinkled creature that smelled like rotting flesh came from behind Kofi and stabbed him in the back. It wrenched the tiny dagger upwards, exposing his ribcage. As her brother fell face down onto the floor in agony and shock, the attacker grinned at her, licking the warm blood off its fingers. Anda had never wanted to destroy anything as much as she wanted to hurt these goblins. They had taken Kofi, viciously maimed him, maimed him, and now they were trying to murder her. She grabbed hold of her goblin brother, wrapping him in her dressing gown. Then, armed with the candles, she set fire to her sheets in a rage and threw them at the hordes of malevolent beings. Tiny screams filled the room as she stomped on them, crushing their little bodies. Her laugh was maniacal as the fire grew and grew. It soon spread throughout the house, destroying everything in its wake, along with her parents. And to somehow survive the fire, only to be arrested and eventually convicted of a number of charges, including the death of her parents. Due to her young age and the troubling circumstances of her defense, she was sent to a special juvenile detention center called Crowswood, where she would get the special care the court said she needed to fix her delusions. There she was, surrounded by other children like herself, who also had stories of supernatural menace, carnage, and loss. To this day, Anda can be seen carrying an earth-filled jar with her around the estate's grounds, believing it holds the petite yet steadily healing body of her brother, Kofi. Thank you so much, Miss Tananari, for that wonderful reading. It chilled me to the bone. And thank you so much to Anda for inspiring that story for us. Have you ever had any experiences with goblins or the Fae? Tell us about them at somethingscary@snarl.com. Even if you don't go looking for treats on Halloween night, the tricks just might come looking for you. Zara absolutely loved Halloween. This year, however, she decided she was too old for trick-or-treating. Her parents were disappointed and pleaded with her to go out with them and her little brother one last time. But Zara already had other plans. This year, her friend Jonica was coming over. They would do goth makeovers, watch horror movies, maybe even have a seance. She couldn't wait. On Halloween night, she bid her family goodbye, popped in a movie, and began to carve a pumpkin as she waited for Jonica. When the end credits rolled, she texted Jonica, who was now two hours late. Where could she be? It also occurred to Zara there had been no trick-or-treaters at the house yet. She jumped out of her skin when she heard a loud knock on the front door. Convincing herself it was unlikely to be a murderer, she took a deep breath and slowly walked to the door. A bead of sweat dripped down her neck. Almost at the door, she heard another knock and open up. 
Hurry, open up. It was Janika. Zara breathed a sigh of relief. She unlocked it, chuckling for being so paranoid. But Janika flew through the door and slammed it behind her. She was panting, almost hyperventilating, eyes wide and wild. Through her quickened breathing, she managed to get out the words. It followed me. Zara had an uneasy feeling as she led her friend to the kitchen for some water. When she turned to hand it to her, Jonica was shaking in terror. She pointed right over Zara's shoulder. As she turned around, the glass fell from her hand and shattered. Pressed up against the kitchen window was a horrifying face staring into the house. It had deep sunken eyes and wrinkles so thick they looked like scars. Its teeth were mangled with rotten flesh hanging off the incisors. If it hadn't been moving, she would swear it was dead. The walking dead. She was frozen in fear, but Jonica snapped her out of it and dragged her to the bedroom where they locked themselves in. Zara was terrified. How could she be so stupid to think she was too old to trick or treat? She just wanted to be with her family eating candy. Then it hit her. Her family. She asked Jonica who else she saw outside. The streets should have been packed. But by the look on Jonica's face, she knew the answer. There was no one out. No one alive, at least. She choked back a sob when suddenly they heard a loud creak on the stairs. Did you lock up again after I came in? Jonica whispered, the fear in her voice evident. She stood by the bedroom door, listening intently. Zara couldn't remember. If she did, then it was probably just her parents having used the key, but if she didn't, they could hear the steps getting closer. Slow, heavy steps. But they were hidden, and if they were quiet, maybe it would just move on. Zara was so thankful she wasn't alone. At least they had each other. Zara whimpered as she hugged her friend close, feeling a dampness on her cheek. When she slowly pulled away, she saw blood. Hidden beneath Jonica's hair, an unmistakable flesh wound from a bite was clearly visible on her neck. Zara, still trapped in her bedroom, began to slowly back away. Jonica's demeanor changed in a flash, still blocking the only means of escape. She cracked a wicked smile, licked her lips, and whispered, At least we have each other. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Janine Pipe, and Sarah Lukasiewicz. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Lenderman. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Lenderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings. Sweet dreams.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.